Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're gambling on this team, maybe don't. Yeah, maybe maybe take a step back from the table. Maybe yeah, focus on other more predictable NHL teams because with the Toronto Maple Leafs, whatever you come in expecting before a game, it's likely that the opposite will occur. How, this was this is just such a confusing team. Like we we've gone over it in a negative sense uh, the the last three podcasts where we descended into madness, and now this podcast where we're in a more positive sense. I mean, they came out and responded from getting swept on the California road trip by the three worst teams in the West, and they came out and they limited the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the NHL's best teams, to one goal. Under 30 shots, or no, not under 30 shots. More than 30 shots, but still one goal. They, 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 you know, protected home ice. They have the, they, they were able to come out with a win, divisional win, with the Panthers creeping up on them. I don't know what to make of this team. It's like Leaf fans should be looking forward to the, you know, the more difficult dates on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Because whenever they, and William Nylander said it, I mean, he's sort of, he's very short on the mic in the post game. He doesn't like talking too much. Um, but he, he said pretty plainly, like, when they, are facing good teams they bring their a game and it's really hard to argue with that now we also acknowledge that they have to you know bring their a game against bad teams which they failed to do in california as you mentioned uh but they have this weird sense of rising to the occasion at least they have in the last month uh and they now have two victories uh in the last you know three weeks over one of the best teams in the league tampa and they're likely first round opponents so that maybe gives them some confidence, at least in that sort of silo of, you know, first round versus Tampa, that they can come up with four victories before the Lightning do. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins not a good team? They are. So why do they get consistently blown out every time they play Pittsburgh? Well, their biggest win of the season perhaps was that win over Pittsburgh where it seemed like just like this one where it was so desperate for a win and they came through. So if if we if we're going off site, I, I hate to be negative after this, but it's just we be, we you know fool us once, shame on you. Hey, go with the unpredictable route. That's the theme of the podcast exactly. so far. But like, so the cycle now is that they you know they they took a step off the cliff. They beat Tampa. What a what a great win. So they're gonna go into their next game, and just not what not try. Is it gonna are they gonna think the things are gonna be given to them again? Well, it's again? Na- Nashville. That's the problem. Nashville's like right in the middle. Are they so, good or are they not? That's the thing. Like the Leafs will have to decide that before they decide yeah. which sort of effort they're gonna bring in. They're really gonna have to you know study up on on Nashville to see if they're good or not because if they're good, then I guess they'll play well. Well, Nashville doesn't score, so maybe if it's the opposite applying, we're in for a barn burner on Thursday. Oh yeah. 
Then we have Boston on Saturday, and that will be uh, that'll be huge. I think you know what sort of game you need. Boston Saturday night. To that's going to be great. Okay, so let's get into our takeaways. I, I think you sort of, uh, you know, hinted at yours, mm-hmm. but I'll let you uh, complete your thought. Um, yeah. How is this the same team that? went on to the California road trip and played the three worst teams in the league with two of the worst goalies in the league and got swept and only scored three goals across those three games and then come home and soundly beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't understand how it's the same team. Like this is, this is so weird. This is, we've said a million times how we're so confused about this team, how we can't make definitive statements and they just keep playing into this narrative. Like they were, the Leafs put forth a defensive effort tonight. I know they have Morgan Riley back and we're going to get into that. But they put forth a defensive effort tonight that is was just we I didn't even know they were capable of doing that. And then <laughs> meanwhile, they have like guys who are make a players or create a players on on Anaheim's back end, shutting them down the other night. Like it's just <laughs> this dichotomy between how they play against, I guess, if William Nylander said it, how they play against good teams and how they play against bad teams. It's insane. And I, I know it's probably good that you're gonna be playing good against good teams because the playoffs tends to have only good teams. So if you're going to be playing good against good teams, you might be playing good in the playoffs. Logic. It, yes, exactly. That's why I went to university. But like you got to get into the playoffs first and you're going to be playing some less than favorable teams going forward. Like you have to just be able to play your game regardless of who your opponent is. Tonight though, they skated by, they beat a, a dominating opponent and a first round Tampa Toronto series looks pretty sweet. It'll at least be fun. Uh, you're right, though. One Morgan Riley can do a lot for that Maple Leafs yeah. defensive core who looked. Obviously, we're going to get into it, um, but but that was such a big difference for them just just to you know lighten the load on everybody. Uh, my takeaway, four lines for reals. It's been a while since we've had like four lines that really make sense. We've had you know two first lines and two fourth lines and like you know two first lines and really nothing else that works. Uh, but tonight there was another test run with a different line, Pierre Engvall, Alexander Kerfoot, uh, and Dennis Malgin, Kasperi Kapanen up to the second line. I'm not sure that worked out all that well. Um, but that line, I don't think they played together yet. Malgin's either been locked in at the fourth or the second line. Uh, and they played pretty well. I mean, they didn't get all that much time together, but they dominated sort of subtly at the margins, uh, against Tampa Bay team who's known for its depth. Uh, so I liked what I saw out of a, like a legitimate third line. Finally, even though the parts maybe don't make all that much sense, at least not really coming in. Would you be really, uh, sure of yourself that Pierre Engvall, who's had this huge drought recently and Dennis Malgin could get it done, but that third line worked. And when I asked Keith about that, that third line, he immediately transitioned to how well the fourth line was playing. So tonight, while the second line wasn't great, you know, he had a legitimate first top two lines. They're not always going to be great, but they're legitimate lines. You had a line in the third line that dominated the opposition. You had a fourth line that didn't dominate, but really created some chances when they were on the ice. So I think for the first time in a long time, we actually have like a a normal balance through the lineup. And it seems like Keith's been tinkering forever trying to find this because they are one forward short. I think that's the key here. Mm -hmm. While he's been searching for it, it's because they are missing the Elia McKay over the Andreas Janssen, the guy who sort of completes everything. And the reason why Dennis Malgan, let's be honest, is playing uh, but for the first time in a while, it seemed like they found balance. It was nice. That's exactly what Keith was talking about, too. Like, he, he kept saying he wants more from his bottom six. And tonight he got it. And tonight they were, like, Kyle Clifford, I think, has strung together a very quiet, but very good last couple of games. He was one of the only positives from the California road trip. He played really well again tonight. He's throwing the body around. One thing that really troubled me, though, speaking of Kyle Clifford, I guess, 
is that there be there were twice in this game where a Tampa Lightning forward just decided to bulldoze Frederick Anderson. Mm-hmm. It was Blake Coleman who's you know crashing through the crease, elbows Anderson in the head. I'm shocked that there wasn't any concussion spotting on that one. Well, Sergachev taking a Matthews slap shot off the head. Point blank. No (laughs) concussion spotting. I don't know if that guy took the night off. Why are they there? What is. I don't think they were there. uh, Yeah. You know, they were. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, And also, when Andre Pilat decided to just pop a squat on Anderson's head after a play, Mm -hmm. there were twice. And there was no response by the Leafs. And there was the Killorn dive, no? There was a Killorn dive. Killorn just jumped on him. And. Underrated in the last, in, at the end of the period, the end of the first period, clock was winding down, and I think it was Kalorn as well. Just wires a shot right at Anderson. Right, I, I'm pretty sure either as the buzzer goes down or after the buzzer ended, which in most cases would be, you know, cause for it's pretty close for hysteria mm-hmm. and nothing. Like I, I understand that our power plays our toughness, but then you. And you can't just put it always on Kyle Clifford. Like, anytime something happens, we're like, oh, Kyle Clifford's going to go there. He's going to meet with him and everything. But there has to be some response. Like, you, there's all these think pieces about how all these guys are best buds with Anderson. People are, like, straight up sitting on his head. Go do something. Show yeah. that it – at least pretend like it makes you mad. Like, what is going on here? And I know you don't want to take penalties and unnecessary penalties. And, you know, that's that's good. I'd rather, you know, be on the power play than not. But at a certain point – in the game. You need to have some sort of message. You need to send some sort of message that you can't do that because Tampa kept crashing Anderson. Anderson goes down. You're lucky of Jack Campbell, but like you would I would much rather like to go in a in a playoff series with two healthy goalies and especially a healthy Frederick Anderson than only one. Certainly something to watch down the stretch here. They play one more time, see if there's any uh you know, egregious contact on Anderson then and they're probably going to play each other in the playoffs if the Leafs do in fact get there, I think. Uh, the smart money would probably still be on that. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but um, that's who they're going to play in the playoffs. And that will probably, if it was a tactic tonight from Tampa, if it was legitimately a tactic, then it'll probably be a tactic uh, in the playoffs because maybe they think they can get, get, away, a- with get it. away with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did see a little juice from Pierre Engvall, though. He was yeah. like, I think that maybe helped his game a little bit going the Casperi Kapanen route. He was a little feisty tonight. I think that might have helped his uh, his game at least a little bit more engagement into what's going on, and maybe that was part of you know the full package from him tonight, or at least it seemed. Okay, let's get to Morgan Riley. The return after twenty three games, uh, the Leafs went, I believe, eleven nine and three without him across that eight week stretch. Uh, kind of just mediocre without him completely. They were very good with him under Sheldon Keefe in the previous 23 games. Pretty good graphic from TSN. Had 23 games under Babs, 23 games with Morgan Riley and uh, Sheldon Keefe together, and then 23 games without. So there's some nice symmetry there. Good that TSN's bad in 500 with graphics today. What else happened? Did you see the Taylor Hall graphic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Oh, well. Yeah, well. I don't really feel bad. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, uh, I thought he was great. <laughs> he I was mean, great. They yeah. sort of they they Sheldon Keith spoke before the game, obviously, and he said they were going to be mindful of his minutes and so on and so forth. He ended up le- leading the Leafs in sh- in uh, even strength minutes with almost eighteen. I didn't see any reason to hold him back. I didn't really see him held back at all, uh, except maybe not quite playing on the power or the penalty kill as much. We actually saw him with PP one reps as well yeah. late in the game, which was interesting. Um, but he just looked like the same old Morgan Riley, maybe even an improved Riley because, you know, he was dealing with an injury before. Maybe that eight-week rest will give him all the refreshment he needs to be ready to rock for the playoffs. If they get this Morgan Riley 
consistently throughout the rest of the season into the playoffs like that changes a lot that changes a lot with the Leafs especially getting Muzzin back too on top of this like it getting Morgan Riley tonight it's just think about it we've been watching Tyson Berry play 22 25 minutes a night you know shutting down top opposing lines or you know then we got guys like Marincin and and even Callie Rosen, who I think is being good, but not, you know, he's not Morgan Riley. And then you put Morgan Riley back in those guys' spots. And it just, it's like a Jenga piece, or not Jenga piece, it's like Tetris. And he just, like, kind of fits perfectly and allows everyone to kind of slot back into where they, they should be. Like, Sandin played around 10 minutes tonight. Yeah, I think that's still a problem, but. I think that's, but it's. Forced Dermot to play, what, 25 minutes? 23 yes. minutes? Dermot that's played too much. 25 minutes, which is wild. It's too much. And that's because Sandine, they don't trust him with more than 10 right now. Yeah, but, I mean. I'd rather... But continue on. Continue on with Riley. But I would rather have Sandin play 10 minutes a night mm-hmm. than play the, what, 18 to 20. He was clearly looking overmatched in. Right. So you're able to you're able to put him down. Also, Tyson Berry, 15 minutes tonight. That was That's a big drop from where he was before. And that's, says, says a lot about how they feel about him now that he's locked in. So you're, it's sheltered minutes with Sandin, but I mean he's also getting a couple more extra minutes. But that's where they want him. I mean, they moved CeCe up to the the top unit with Riley. Yeah. And that like that just says a lot about the Morgan Riley impact that he comes back in and CeCe, who you have to hide in the lineup, is suddenly playing top pairing minutes. Now, it's not maybe the best situation, but at least you can trust him or you, you can trust Riley rather to make sure that he's, you know, it's not a complete blunder fest out there, right? Yeah. So it, he... Obviously, we're waiting for Jake Muzzin to come back and completely optimize the lineup and get everybody uh, at least in the best spot to uh, contribute. Uh, but just the, the the difference one player, the best player on that defense score can make uh, truly was pretty astounding. Oh, absolutely. Like, he just allowed everyone to kind of play where they're supposed to, other than Travis Dermott, who played a lot. But you know what? Dermott looked really good tonight. He was good. Like, this was... That should be another huge encouraging sign is that Dermot played 25 minutes tonight, and I would categorize this as one of his best performances of the season. He just couldn't buy a goal tonight, but if he gets one in, like we're, ta- we're having a completely different conversation. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He made one big mistake. I think it led to the... I think it led to the goal. I don't know if it was directly or just the power play, but... I don't he, think Durham was on the ice for the goal. He Wasn't won, it Sandin and Barry? It might have been... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it just led to a power play, but there was one mistake that I was like, oh, man. Like, it's it might be one of those nights for Travis Dermott. He's going to uh, do that, But it though. didn't end up being that. It yeah. was one of those nights for Tyson Berry, though, who oh. seemed completely and utterly overwhelmed with 
the speed of the lightning, especially in that second period. It isn't was, that what he's supposed to be good was, at? It was like a turnstile with him out there. Like that the the goal, like Tampa's goal, was embarrassing. Like they, I get that Braden Point is a talented player. I get that. But like you should be able to box him out in open ice better than that. He saw a little sliver of, of space between Sandin and Barry and decided to bulldoze through. And 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 Sandin, like, he's you know, he's pretty hardy for his size. Barry, you know, he just ripped through that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what are you doing? He just lo- he has no idea what's going on out there. Like it Barry has without Barry, the Leafs would have been screwed without you know, during these injuries. Like he he was able to take some heavy minutes. Didn't perform particularly well in them, but he was at least a body, a stabilizing force, an NHL caliber guy who would chip in with a you know an assist every once in a while. It was like he changed his game. It was like he sort of took the best from Barry out so that he could be just sort of this run of the mill guy who could survive. Yes, that's and almost that, what it seemed. But like. I, I he I, and so he either didn't change back tonight, or he just this was just a bad game from him. And if you're if if Tyson Barry is is proving to be overwhelmed by Tampa's speed that's not a good sign going into the playoffs considering that's you're going to be your main opponent and on top of that he's an important player for you like even moving forward like if he's if he's overwhelmed by by elite speed and he's not giving you the crazy offensive punch that you expected that's a problem yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do when Jake Muzzin is back and assuming that they do have everybody together uh, because you probably want to find a way to hide CC, but you probably you might want to find a way to hide Tyson Berry more. But how many? Yeah, how, you can't hide like half your blue line. No, like, so it'll be interesting to see what happens at Dermot in that case. Because at this point, well, like you're trying to hide Sandin. I don't think he'll Sandin play. probably won't play. But like, think about all the players in the lineup that you're trying to hide. Like, you can't hide half your lineup. You need to have guys who can play, and you can't. And and so you can really, you really do have to choose between hiding CC or Barry when they come back. And you can't hide both of them. Like, tonight they didn't hide them. CeCe was out for 21 minutes against, you know, top competition. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They that survived. Because CeCe and, and Riley did not last long under Keefe. That was immediately switched to Riley and Barry. Yeah. And he didn't go back to that tonight. Obviously, the rust factor with Riley or potential for rust uh, might have prevented him from going that route. Uh but I think maybe Travis Dermott's maybe established himself a little bit more in this last, you know, two to four weeks. Uh, and maybe he sticks with Muzzin when Muzzin comes back. Or or it's actually, you know, it's probably Dermott and Hall will, will yeah. stay together or not stay together. Oh, yeah, they're staying together because they're together now, obviously. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where Muzzin slots in because obviously he's going to be locked into that second. But who's going to play with him? They're not going Muzzin Riley. Sorry, not Muzzin Barry. Like because we've they've already tried that and both players kicked up a fuss about not wanting to play their offside or whatever like that. And they can they can force it them to do that, but I don't think that they want to go that route. Well, maybe that sort what they did with Riley and Cece, they can do that with Muzzin and Barry, and Muzzin can sort of paper over some of those uh, the worries that you may have with him with Tyson Barry logging big minutes. They tried Muzzin Barry at the start under Babcock mainly and it was okay but it didn't really work that well and yeah it's look there's again there's a lot of moving pieces here like Jake Muzzin coming back will really help this team obviously he's arguably their best defenseman but Morgan Riley like getting him back tonight this shows you exactly what taking a 70 point defenseman away from your team and then adding him back does to you yeah and I think we've sort of neglected to you know you know really appreciate 
his importance to this team. Like, there's been a lot of talk about Jake Muzzin. Now, it's not an either-or thing. It's not like we can only praise one of them. No, those uh, are the rules. It's but in the CBA. We, but we've been, this season's been all about, at least lately, it's been all about Jake Muzzin, what he's doing on the ice, what he's doing in the room, signing a new contract, being such an important part of this team. Riley's still the guy on that back end. Yeah, you think so? Unquestionably. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that from, like, the quotes and stuff from today? No, not really. I think that's just with his play. You I think I think we become. I think we were a little, you know, maybe a little jaded by the fact that this wasn't Morgan Riley's best season. But even in, not in his best season, he's just so important to this team. It is. I mean, it is pretty obvious around the room. Everybody there, they all speak highly of Jake Muzzin too. Again, it's not an either or thing. Uh, but Morgan Riley's probably, if not the most respected guy in the room, certainly very close. Could you not tell from the quotes because you were so far back from the players when asking them? Man, it was. I actually. We, we can go into yeah, this. Yeah, you know what? Bit. I want. I want to do just for the social cutouts. It's great, man. You like it? It's amazing. Oh, but I was expecting you to get your you know PWHPA rep and and you know have them sit down and write a formal statement about how outbreaks don't matter and we need ac- access to the clubhouse. No, I'm very chill in these situations. It's it's actually a lot better. So p- some people are angry because you know everyone's gonna get the same quotes. That's oh, fine. No. I guess whatever. Um, it's not really, it doesn't really bother me as much because like, I want to know what the entire discussion is because if Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe's not talking to people one-on-one, Sheldon Keefe is the most important person that speaks at these press conferences and at, you know, morning skates after games, whatever. And everyone's there for it. So it doesn't really change much. Um, unless you're writing about like really the minutia, right? That's the only thing that can be sort of taken away from this. Um, but it's nice. They just bring out everybody one by one. There's no like fighting it for position and scrums. Everyone gets their questions in. It's kind of nice. I liked it with obviously with the coach, it's different. Like with the players, I don't know. Like, did you, did you find that the open locker room really helped your stuff? Well, it, it can, if you're really, if you're really diving into something really specific, because if it's very specific, you don't want to ask in front of people because you're hijacking the press conference or the scrum. So you try and do that privately. Yes. So yes, in that case, but it, it it just depends on what your job is, I guess. Like if you're if you're someone who needs to get this these this many clips, these many interviews to get up to the website or whatever, like it really hurts you. But I'm not doing that. I'm not I'm not responsible for getting five interviews in there yeah. because with a camera person, someone who needs to fill the content on the hub on Leafs.com is definitely affected by this because they can't really do it they can't really do their job as well or to the same effect. So uh, I understand why it annoys people. um, But for someone who's just taking in the entire experience and taking in like whatever, you know, you want to know what everybody's saying, sort of the mood and how it all meshes together. It's nice to be present for all of it because you get all the information. Were there any grumblings around your uh, media cohort tonight over the new new access? Everyone's in, you know, everyone understands that coronavirus is a legitimate threat. Yep. And that we should take every precaution and, you know, sing whatever song of choice while washing our hands. Speaking of legitimate threats, Frederick Anderson is back, baby. Oh, you're on board. Oh, yeah. No goaltender controversy here. It's it's amazing what can happen when your goaltender starts to play good again. He was exceptional. The, so I have some numbers to rattle off. You know, I know what you don't. I know no, you don't like no, it I when I... Them. I want the numbers. But I know you don't like it when I read out numbers about Frederick Anderson, but these are good numbers, so is it okay if I go... You can, go you off? can. Okay, good. This looks like a small sample, though. Are we not... We're supposed to do small samples. Oh, right. I like the small you samples. You don't like the big picture. You like the small... Tell First, you don't like the small samples. Then you don't like the big picture. Hit me with the small sample. Oh, jeez. Um, 
four four oh and one in his last five starts. Pretty good. Point nine six six in his last three starts, including a shutout in LA that he lost, but still. Digging out of that hole. Um he just to me looks steadier. He looks more unflappable. He looks more confident and comfortable. He doesn't there there was a sense of unease when he came back initially from that injury. Like he just didn't seem I, I know seeming comfortable is kind of like the cop out here, but he just didn't seem completely just like himself in his net. Yeah, it seemed like something was a little off. Yeah, like he was chasing pucks. He just kind of looked rattled all the time. You know, simple shots would hit him and he'd react in a crazy way. Tonight it was just like it was Fort Knox in there. Nothing was getting through. He and and what really impressed me too is that again, like two times people took runs at him and it didn't phase him. I like how he's attacking shooters. He's coming out with confidence and really, you know, presenting a you know, not a target. Well, a target. Exa- exactly that. A target. He's presenting a big target and less room to score, obviously, at his sides because he's attacking the shooter. He's moving out and he's doing so with confidence. I think that's the biggest difference. Well, he might have been a little hesitant, you know, in, in certain starts over the last month, two months, maybe three months. Uh, I feel like he's uh, he's shaken that off a little bit. Uh, it is playing the game that he can play, which is, you know, you know, top end goaltending when he's on his game. It's yeah, this is like, again, tonight, getting back Riley and also in a way getting back Anderson, it just shows, you know, the ceiling of this team. Like, I think this is a good reminder that this is a good hockey team when they want to be. And Frederick Anderson was spectacular tonight. But again, he was just giving the Leafs saves they needed. And against an opponent like Tampa Bay, that is so, so crucial. It's crucial against any opponent, obviously. But Tampa Bay, like given given, you know, where they're going to meet in the playoffs, you know, uh, the, the divisional aspect of it, how similar the two teams are constructed. Like, this was very much like they, I know they beefed up a bit on, on grit, you know, in the, at the trade deadline Tampa did, but the Leafs and Tampa are kind of geared the same way. They play sort of a same high octane kind of, uh, you know, way. And, it, and in a way, it might come down to a goaltending battle. And Frederick Anderson seems like he's kind of on it, at least for tonight. Now, it, it should be noted that Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman weren't yes. playing in this game. But so obviously those are two major pieces. Neither, Le- was, neither was Jake Muzzin and neither was Ely McKayev or Andreas Janssen. That's true. The Leafs are missing guys as well. But it was all about special teams tonight. Oh, yeah. So the Leafs getting back tra- betting, getting back on track after a horrible slump, uh, mainly across the California stretch, uh, scoring twice on the power play. But what was really, really impressive uh, was the penalty kill, I thought. And now Stamkos had been making a big def- difference on the power play for the Lightning. It certainly didn't look like it had as much punch uh, with, you know, Braden Point not in the middle anymore, but on the side. And he's not, he's sort of the Mitch Marner-esque shooter mm-hmm. compared to Steven Stamkos, at least. Um, so, but I think that's something to build on, right? I think they've found some success. Sheldon Keefe was asked about what impressed him about the last win. He said special teams immediately. And then the special teams was the difference, I thought, again tonight. So, uh, if it and that that's exactly what killed them against the Boston Bruins. Yeah. So if you're going into a first round matchup, uh, you know these teams are pretty evenly matched. You know special teams was a problem before, and you feel good about the state of the bo- the penalty kill and the power play at least in terms uh, of what it can do against the Lightning in particular, uh, or specifically. Uh, I think that's probably something that they can build confidence around. You would hope so. I mean, like this. this but again, is, I mean, confidence seems to be fleeting with this group. Well, in a way, you might not even want a ton of confidence, like because it seemed like they they were brimming with confidence when they headed to California, and look what happened. Like yeah. it, the biggest thing is that good teams beat good teams, and they beat bad teams. 
and the Leafs beat a good team tonight, they need to be able to beat the bad. They need to be able to play their game no matter who they're playing. Was the first period tonight the best period of the Leafs season? There was that period. Was it against that the Panthers in the game? Pan- the Panther yes. period. The not Panther a sing- period. Not a single shot against uh, from inside their own blue line. But I think given the context, t- that first period was, I mean, like it was insane. Like I know that I know that the Lightning got six shots, but like it didn't seem like it. The Leafs were pouring it on. They were drawing calls. They were. You know, they, they were shutting. They got more shots on the first power play that, or first penalty kill than I think the Tampa, or the Tampa Bay did on their power play. I'm pretty sure. Like, they got two breakaway or sort of on man rush shorthanded chances in that same, in the one uh, penalty kill they were for, or penalty they were forced to kill in the first period. Like, it was incredible. This is, like, again, it, it's almost maddening to watch that because you see that team and you're like, oh my gosh, they're, they are dominating the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is insane. And then you watch, then, you know, you're at the office at one thirty in the morning on a Friday night, or that's a contradiction, but still, and you're watching them get slogged by, you know, Hockenpah on, on, <laughs> on, on the ducks. And it's like, who, how, how? So it's, uh, again, the, 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 you know, the return of Morgan Riley, that helps, but hopefully, and we say this every time, hopefully this is the start of some consistency. Yeah, I think it's still that Florida period in terms of the best period, that pre-collapse yeah. second period, but, uh, where they were just cycling around like it was nonstop, and but, they, then pan- the Panthers couldn't even like get the pu- control the puck on the opposite side of the ice. But does the collapse sully the memory? It of does. The I think period? it does a little bit because it was definitely a better period, but this one obviously is less empty because they they managed to convert it into two points. They were like. It was a stark difference between the first and second, but it did sort of start to feel like Tampa was getting it going with the last few shifts of the first period. So it wasn't like complete dominance from a wire-to-wire perspective, uh, but it definitely was a great period. And it it was sort of a microcosm of their season, how they can go up and down Mm -hmm. so quickly. And they got uh, slaughtered in the second period. But that that just makes the third period a little bit more impressive, I think, because they bounced back from obviously another letdown and and they were able to sort of control... Uh, the massive spikes and, and, you know, peaks and valleys that are associated with their game right now. Absolutely. We've covered pretty much everything, haven't we? I think so. Wow. We really Is are. Is there anything else we need to get into here? Um, Dennis Mulligan played, I think, the lowest of any Leaf forward tonight, 8.02. Yeah, that was the thing. Is like they were good, but they didn't get much run. They... Uh, is that not what a lot you of penalties want, in the game though? though so it takes them out of the game is that takes not the third line out of the game that's not what that's kind of what you want though right like you don't want dennis mulligan playing you know more than double digits no definitely not if, if he can well, be a, you specifically if, don't want to do if that. he can be effective in eight minutes lock him into eight minutes yeah and he was he led the leafs in uh i think it was Corsi tonight he had a uh, crazy expected goals i think he was like a 60 something expected goals like it was nuts that's probably completely no it was a 60 something Corsi, and then had a crazy amount of expected goals. So he, he played really well. But again, he only played eight minutes. So Once you get to Dennis Mulligan's expected goals, I think you're pretty much <laughs> done talking about the game. It's amazing how we have so much more to say when they sort of suck. Suck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. You know what? We're due for we're due for a bit of a brief pod. We've been going. We're going pretty hard. Yeah, I lately. think people appreciate it. They do. People like it. Oh, yeah. We're... Oh. Okay. The talk so of the town. We'll tee up uh, the rest of the week then before we go. Again, we mentioned the Nashville Predators and the Boston Bruins being up next. Uh, that's Thursday and Saturday. Some nice space between games every other night. I don't know if we'll see Jack Campbell, but it certainly plays 
at least favorably if you're a Frederick Anderson fan who wants to see him tackle the next two starts. Uh, so we'll have post-game reaction from both the game against Nashville and, of course, the big one against Boston on Saturday night. The Leafs, you know, got a little bit more space again from the Florida Panthers who are certainly breathing down their necks. Uh, now three points clear, there is a game in hand, but the Maple Leafs at least take some confidence, even if they maybe shouldn't, uh, into the game Thursday against Nashville. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.